KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. And welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Every weeknight at 6, I'm Laura Jones, and on Friday, it is Punk Rock Farmer Friday. Aldine Strict 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, is on the road, so stick around. You're going to get a dispatch from his trip down to Cedar City and a visit with our friends at Red Acre Farm CSA and Red Acre Center. Going to be breaking some news about the 2023 Utah Farm and Food Conference, as a matter of fact. And Sarah Patterson is going to talk about her compost recipe on the farm. Plus, Allison Enerson of the downtown Salt Lake City Farmers Market is on her way as we speak. Going to be giving us a preview of what's fresh at the downtown Farmers Market. We'll be broadcasting live tomorrow starting at 7 a.m. with Shanna Lee and Saturday Breakfast Jam and then John Florence climbing into the treehouse at Pioneer Park for Saturday Sagebrush Serenade. Also coming up tonight, we got Skywatcher Leo T, Sue Robbins of Equality Utah's Transgender Advisory Council on a big win in court this week for transgender student athletes and their families. A special dispatch from KRCL comedy correspondent Eric P. Nelson, who is in conversation with Hari Kondabalu. He's going to stop in town for a set at Wise Guys on September 13th. Stick around, we're going to share that tonight. But let's get started with new music from Utah's own Hectic Hobo. And here's a voice memo that lead singer Haas sent on in. Hey, Laura, it's Haas from Hectic Hobo. How are you doing? We just recorded a new album, and I thought I would send you the first single off it, which is the title track, American Bison. Uh, kind, of a, kind of making fun of, in part, when... You know when people will, like, leave negative reviews about, you know, like, like nature and things like that? <laughs> like, leave the, you know, leave Moab a one-star review online because it was too hot. And it's like, well, you, you went to the desert. Like, what'd you, what'd you expect? <laughs> anyway, we, this, this one's about a guy that takes his son to see the buffalo in uh, Yellow, Yellowstone. And can't get the bison to look him right in the camera for him to get a that killer instagram photo so he leaves he pans the poor buffalo leaving it a one-star review because all he got was a picture of the hump (laughs) anyway it's called american bison i hope you like it
put you on our shirts and flags. Do you mind? We never asked. Made you a symbol of our West. You'll work for free just like the rest. We'll need a parcel of your peace. A new hotel for the Chinese. A gift shop to sell socks and tees. An espresso bar would help. So please, in order to promote our story, you'll need to minimize the gorgeous facilities. Case of keep your cool. Don't clap your eyes into my room. Look up, hold still, don't move. I said, oh great, you turned your bloody head. Driver, take us out of this dump. I can't post a pic of just a hump. I can't even post a picture of just a Culture's one sky. As the crickets are in their August peak raging all around me, it's time to look up, look around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T here. We look up to the ISS where the Russians are still active, in a good way, as they work on a European Space Agency solar panel. Denis Matviev and Oleg Martimov were sent outside on an EVA, that's an extravehicular activity, to continue outfitting a European robotic arm that had been launched to the orbiting complex in July of 2021. Before their outing was cut short, the cosmonauts had successfully installed two cameras on the elbow areas of the European robotic arm and removed thermal insulation and a launch restraint from one of the two end hands at opposite ends of the arm. Once fully configured, the European robotic arm will be used to remove and move payloads and equipment outside of the Russian segment of the space station. The spacewalk continued by Matviev lasted for four hours. And in space exploration, Artemis, Artemis 1, is on the launch pad. NASA's Artemis 1, the rollout took place overnight on August 16th and 17th at the Kennedy Space Center. The Space Launch System and Orion capsule will be launching on August 29th. The Artemis Moon Exploration Program will be launching to the moon and beyond. For the past month and a half, the Space Launch System rocket, which is the most powerful since Saturn V that took astronauts to the moon in the 60s and 70s, has been being tweaked at the Kennedy Space Center and getting ready to launch in two weeks. Let's go down there. The Perseid meteor shower was peaking at the time. And simultaneously, a sonic boom rattled old homes in Salt Lake and Davis counties. Did you hear it? Giving people the idea that a tree might have fallen on their house or an earthquake kicked in, but it turns out it was a large beach ball of a meteor that had been peeled off on its way through the atmosphere, apparently exploding with small chunks probably falling to the ground. So if you find a green glowing rock somewhere, hmm. As we look up into the sky tonight as well, August is prime Milky Way time, and along with the planets showing up now in the evening and putting on a big show of their own, the moon is having a good time. 
But when the moon is out of the evening sky, as it probably will be by this weekend, or it will be, after dark, the Milky Way runs from Sagittarius in the south, up and left across Aquila the Eagle, and through the big summer triangle, very high in the east, and on down through Cassiopeia to Perseus, rising low in the north northeast. So keep looking up, look around, and get way lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Ah, oh, thank you, Leo. And thank you for that star party back on August 6th. That was a ton of fun, folks. Check out his Facebook page to catch up with them. And now we turn to Allison Earson sweeping into the studio full of steam for the downtown Salt Lake City Farmers Market. We're going to be broadcasting live tomorrow. We're starting at 7. The market opens at 8 at Pioneer Park, 350 West, 300 South Pioneer Park. What's fresh tomorrow at the market, Allison? You know, this is such a great time of the year to come to the farmer's market because literally everything is there. Everything is fresh. Um, And everyone is always anxious to get those first tomatoes. Well, there are plenty of tomatoes. Finally. Finally. Um, cucumbers. I mean, it's literally just everything is, is here. And yoga in the park, I hear, tomorrow. Yeah, we've got uh, Salt Lake Power Yoga. Um, we'll be doing free yoga in the park uh, at the tennis courts. And that starts at 9 a.m. So bring your yoga mat and do a little session. And then um, you'll feel, you know, really centered and gathered. And you can shop with a focus. With a focus, you're going to get tons of local when you go to the par- farmer's market at Pioneer Park tomorrow. How many years has it been now? Despite the COVID timing and all that, what year are we in? We are in year 31. 31 years of supporting the agrihood. And who are some of the newbies this year? Um, we don't have a ton of new vendors. This We've got a few. We've got um, a great new sort of sauce and barbecue sauce vendor called... Um, um, Bear River Bottling. We've got Hadfield House Pepper Jellies. We've got um, some great growers that are relatively new to the market. The one I just mentioned was Fine Tilt Farm. Um, it's just, you know, there's everything you need is yeah. there. Arete it's the full Gelato. market again, right? Yeah, it's the full. Oh, it's, it's not quite the full market. We we could add in another few, but it is, it's the full um, experience. Yeah. And dogs are welcome. Dogs are welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> We, uh, we ask that people bring their dogs that um, if they know that those dogs are okay in a, a very chaotic environment. Some yeah. dogs just don't belong yeah. at the market. So. so what are you looking forward to? Because the market's got till October 22nd. That's right. Yeah, we're just about halfway through the season. Um, what am I looking forward to? It's all here. You know, once the cantaloupes and the melons come in, then yeah. I'm just 100% cantaloupe for the rest of the year until the last one goes. I love a fresh melon. And if you think you've had one from the grocery store, you haven't. It's a lie. I'm sorry. I know, right? (laughs) And the corn, the fresh corn, too. What about the hatch chilies? Are we going to get some roasting going on this uh, farmer's market season? You know, I wish we could. That's a debate we've had with the Salt Lake County Health Department for a really long time. Okay, folks, call the Salt Lake County Health Department. Tell them to make it happen. We wanted wanted to do that for a really long time. A lot of stuff is late. So I will tell people, um, you know, if if you don't see what you're looking for, it might be a week or two off. A lot of the peppers are coming in late. Um, you know, everything is pretty much there though. So, all right. So if folks want to catch up and see what's coming, you got lots of social media, you got a website. We, we are on Insta. We're on Facebook. SLCFarmersMarket.org is our website. Um, but just come down. It, you can't let a summer go by without visiting the market at least once. And tomorrow, KRCL will be there broadcasting live starting at 7 with Shanna Lee and Saturday Breakfast Jam. Then John Florence is going to find a tree to climb into <laughs> in the treehouse at the Farmer's Market uh, starting at 10. And uh, Aldine and I will be hanging out. Allison will be whispering in everyone's ears what songs she would like to hear. That's true. I do that. <laughs> I'm a bully. Well, Allison, thanks for making it over for a quick hit here on Punk Rock Farmer Friday. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And now, earlier today, I had the chance to catch up with Sue Robbins, KRCL Radioactive Host Emeritus, but also an honoree at this year's Allies Gala. There was some, some big news, and uh, I'm going to share some of the conversation with you here tonight. Sue Robbins, welcome to Radioactive on a punk rock farmer style Friday in the waning days of August. And it's Pride, Trans Pride Flag Day. Didn't know there was such a thing. It is. It's not as well publicized as Transgender Day of Visibility or Transgender Day of Remembrance, but it is a day within our community where uh, activist Monica Helms debuted the pride flag that she created in a pride parade in Phoenix in 2000. And what a day for it to also be a trans pride flag day because there's some good news out of the courts when it comes to policy issues. There is. We've been working hard against HB 11, which was the bill that put into law 
that bans transgender girls from participating in youth sports at the interscholastic level. So high school and yeah, by and large, right? And there's some arguments about how it impacts private schools. So that's some of that's uh, to be done. The way the bill reads to me is if the private schools play public schools, it impacts them. If private schools play private schools, it doesn't, which is really an odd way to have it is who you play depends on your rules about kids' participation. But the bill... Mm-hmm. So um, it you know it was really painful to go through it. As everybody knows, it was passed with a ban. The governor vetoed it, and then in a special session, the uh, the legislature went ahead and overrode the veto and passed an additional bill authorizing five hundred thousand dollars of our hard taxpayer hard earned taxpayer money to be spent on a lawsuit should it happen. So that way, the Utah High School Athletics or excuse me, I always say athletics. It's Utah High School Activities Association, uh, because they do more than athletics. So that way they'd have some funding and it kind of indemnifies them a little bit. They still got to go through the lawsuit, but they have some funding to back yeah. them. Anticipating so that this would lead to litigation. Yeah, and, and we heard way back then, everybody, there was all kinds of voices. And I want to say from both sides of the aisle and from outside the legislature that said they expect the ban to be enjoined. And today that's what we got. Uh, we sued against the, we, I say we because uh, it's a community we, uh, the National Center of Lesbian Rights, the uh, ACLU of Utah, and a law firm called Wilson Sosnini. I always get a little tongue-tied there, so I apologize to the Sosnia. person that it's named for. Yeah, there we go. And uh, it, they, they did a marvelous job. They presented last Thursday uh, their case on why the three plaintiffs, it started with two plaintiffs and a third joined, were being harmed by this bill and that there should be a ban or a injunction against the ban. And we expected a ruling on Monday. The judge uh, canceled that and said there's a lot more work for him to do, and we can see why he did the work because he really dug into the Constitution and he made statements in his findings that say things like, if you separate transgender girls from girls, then you are excluding them when you shouldn't per the Utah Constitution. And another comment that said, he f- it says it is most likely that the ban will be found unconstitutional in the end, and therefore he would enjoin the ban. So the ban right now is no more, but the lawsuit continues, so it's always possible for it to come back. So we want to be clear, this doesn't mean the ban's gone forever. It just means they can't enforce it while the lawsuit proceeds. And that is Sue Robbins of Equality Utah's Transgender Advisory Council on this week's Court Win Blocking HB 11. And Sue is going to be honored at this year's Allies Gala with Equality Utah. So more details on our website. And I'll share more of my conversation with Sue next week. But right now, another conversation to share with you from KRCL comedy correspondent Her- uh, Eric P. Nelson. Here we go. Hello. This is Eric P. Nelson for, uh, for a special comedy segment here on Radioactive. Again, Lara likes to call me the, the comedy correspondent. I'm just a big fan of comedy. And I got a chance to sit down and talk with Harry Kondabalu, Brooklyn-based comedian, going to be at Wise Guys Comedy Club on Tuesday, September 13th, 7 p.m., just one show. You may know him from um, the NPR political game show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, He showed up on W. Kamau Bell's old show, Totally Biased. He did a podcast with W. Kamau Bell called Politically Reactive. Great podcast. And he just showed up on Kamau Bell's uh, television show, over on CNN, the United Shades of America, um, just on the latest edition. Or you might know him as a, a stand-up comedian. Um, so here we go. Here's my interview with Hari Kondabalu. <laughs> so, how's it been? You, uh, it's been a weird couple years, and uh, you're back on tour, on your, on your world tour, How's uh how have the the rooms been and how does it feel getting back on the road? You know, I, I got back on the road in March, and you know, I think initially both me and the audience are a little apprehensive. You know, uh, still a lot of masks out, which makes complete sense. And when people wear masks now, it still makes sense to me. Um, so I think it took a second to for me to remember 
how to do stand-up because it's funny, like two years of not performing means two years of not doing jokes you were working on, two years of not working on new stuff, two years of like uh, losing a sense of what it feels like to be on stage. Where do you look? What do you do? Like what are the different ways to play a show? And, um, you know, so I think it took an adjustment for me and it certainly took an adjustment for the audience. I mean, I'm there like coming out for the first time. This is their first event or they're anxious and, you know, it's, you could tell that it, it was the first few uh, weeks of touring. I think for all parties, it was a, uh, a, a new experience, but it's been pretty good since. I feel like um, people have gotten more comfortable and things are slowly getting to some sense of normality. And uh, the shows have been fun, you know? Like, I've, I've, it took a while, but I picked up my stride in a weird way. It almost feels like the two years I, I didn't do stand up made me love it again, you know? It, it makes it feel new. It makes it feel like, you know, when you don't have something, it feels more valuable, right? So that it kind of feels like, oh, this is the thing that I, I've loved since I was 16, 17 years old, and, and it feels fresh again. Um, a, lot of, a lot of comedians, first time through Utah, um, they, they open, their, their crowd work is kind of some Utah low-hanging fruit, the church, yeah. and mostly the church. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you've been here a handful of times now, and are you getting a, a better sense of Salt Lake City and Utah and anything that, that has been surprising you? I mean, it's a cool city. I mean, that's the thing. I think because of the, you know, the LDS stuff, I feel that, like, people forget, like, no, there's an incredible counterculture, you know, whether it's in music and other forms of art. Like, it's a gorgeous place. Like, it still kind of strikes me every time I walk around. I'm like, look what I'm looking at, you know, like how many – the idea of looking at mountains and things like that when you're just walking around, it's still like a, a stunning thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, to me, it, it, it's a really cool city, and in some ways it feels almost like a hidden gem. Like, you think Portland, you think Seattle, you think Austin. You know, there's certain cities immediately – come to mind and i don't think salt lake always gets that but like when i'm there i have a great time i feel like it's like you there are great people there's great fans of comedy and like people who are doing really cool things whether that be art or politics or a bunch of other things it's, it's a really cool city do you put salt lake on your tour schedule purposefully is it, is it a conscious decision because of that or is it just a stop on the way you know, it's funny. Initially, when I first did it, it was somewhat for the novelty of it. Like, what is it going to be like to perform? And I'd heard about the co counterculture, but I really had no idea what I was in for, you know? Um, and then, you know, I did it, and I'm like, this city is familiar. You know, I've obviously, every city is different, and it's not to say that there aren't influences in Salt Lake City that you wouldn't see in any other place. Every place has its politics or its, or its issues, its things that make it unique. Um, but it was familiar. It was like, oh, I know this. This is like a cool place with nice restaurants and, and you know, a, a lively art scene and people who are, you know, doing incredible work. It's fun. I mean, and I think that caught me off guard. And so I, I like to come back, you know, like I, I feel like every major tour I've done, Salt Lake City is, is a stop. This time it's just, it'll be a quick one night, but, you know, I'm excited. And, you know, I am surprised in, in every city, but especially in, in like Salt Lake City where, you know, I've only been a handful of times that I have as many fans as I do there. Like I really am always kind of caught off guard and really grateful for it. Yeah, excellent. So so it's been two years. Um, I think yeah. I last talked to you back in 2019. Um, and in those two years, there's been... I mean, we're we're all experiencing, still experiencing a global pandemic, but but also I I, I heard that you became a father. Yes, it's it's a very strange thing to have a child during that period of time, you know, because you know every, there's like death all around you, and you're bringing life, and in some ways it's it's beautiful, like you know, uh, people like I think people are always happy when others have kids, when life is brought in, you know, and I feel like there's that, but I felt like an outpouring I didn't expect. And I think part of it was, Oh, some good news. Yeah. We needed some good news. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, this is terrible. Sure. And we need something happy. 
And I think it felt like a lot of people were um, really appreciative of that. And that, that feels nice. Um, and certainly, in, and it was hard having a child during that period and um, obviously not being, you know, being isolated and not mm-hmm. being able to see friends and family and all the things that, you know, make being pregnant special. And, you know, I, when mm-hmm. we were in New York during the, the heart of it and I couldn't go to like doctor's visits and things like that, like there was certainly things that were not a typical experience, I think, uh, for, for parents, especially first time parents. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think despite all that, it was still kind of a really special time. And it's funny because when people talk about 2020, it always will have that like, oh, the worst year in the history of the world. And for me, it's like, that's a pretty good year. Kid was born. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that weird, it's that weird kind of way, like that, like the worst year in, in some ways was kind of the best year personally. And um, it, it's a, a strange feeling to like think warmly about that period of time considering how awful it was around us certainly but um you know i'm grateful that i will say despite how devastating it's been selfishly i'm grateful that i got to spend that much time with my partner and certainly got to spend that much time with my kid you know like it felt like I had paternity leave. I felt Scandinavian. Like, were you, what do you mean? I can invest in my child at an early age? I can be there for key developmental steps? You know, incredible. So so with that, the, the pandemic and fatherhood, how has that changed your comedy? Is there a sharp turn into fun dad jokes? Or, or is that – how has that been? You know, it's funny, you know, because I was worried about that. Like, <laughs> when I do comedy again, like, am I going to be, like, a dad comic? And, yeah. you know, you start thinking about it. It's like, you know, there are comics who, like, that is the the focus of their stand-up. And then there's people who are like, I'm a comic and I'm a father, and that is a part of my life. And, you know, but it doesn't mean that, you know, like, th- there are a million topics that comics have touched on before. And, you know, on one, you know, one kind of joke is maybe something that you've never heard before, a perspective you've never heard. And another is like, this is uh, a very new twist on subject matter that's been done before. Because this individual thinks differently, you know, has a different approach. And for me, that's what I've I've discovered. Like, my version of the dad joke doesn't look like everyone else's version and who I am strongly like um, influences what I talk about. And so, you know, yeah, I'm going to talk about being a father, but I'm also going to be talking about being a father, you know, during the end times, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, what it feels like to move across. Cause we had the kid in San Diego, what it feels like to move cross country. Oh. And, you know, it, 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 there's so many things that, um, Certainly, I'm talking about being a parent, but that doesn't look the same for me as it does for somebody else. And so I've learned to embrace it. And it honestly, has been, it's been really fun to write something that uh, is personal. Because I think so much of my stuff historically has been people learning about who I am from the points of view I share. And this, like, you know, the hour I just recorded and the stuff I'm working on now that people see in Salt Lake City, it's a lot more of, oh, this is who I am. Let me share my life with you. And uh, I think that is that is pretty great. I feel that's one thing that um, you know the two years that give me is a is a greater perspective on what it means to be a human being. Yeah, and I've I've got that circled on my notes. Is time and time again when when you look uh, you up, it, it's political comedian. Um, yeah, but like you were saying, it's I see you as a much more of a a, a personal comedian. Your personal stories revolving yes. around politics or your upbringing or being a father. So, yeah, I, I kind of right. had that. You are much more of a, a, a personal comic, um, sharing how you react to all of these fun old situations. Which I think makes, you know, jokes that are pointed and about things that, uh, you know, might be disagreeable to audiences with different political points of view or, you know, views on what life is or could be. Um, it, I think it does disarm people to some extent because I think when you get personal, when you share your stories, it doesn't feel as didn'tic, right? It doesn't feel like oh, this person's trying to teach me something. This person's preaching to me. 
no, this person is sharing their stories with me, and those stories are informed by their experience. And I think also if you want to make a point, it's easier to make a point with a friend than somebody who you don't know, like somebody preaching at you. With friends, they might disagree with you, but yeah, I love you. I'll listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And that's what you try to create with an audience, like enough trust and, and respect that when you get maybe into the more aggressive ideas or stuff that maybe is a little more pointed, they're with you. They're like, we'll see where this goes because I trust this person as a comedian and as someone who is sharing their, you know, their life in good faith. Yeah. And it's funny, which I think, I mean, which is the <laughs> yeah. key thing. Like, yep, yep. You know, if the, if the stuff doesn't land, it's just, you know, that's, nobody wants he... to feel like a poet up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poets don't get laughs. Right. That's, I'm not up. If they do, it's humiliating. So, I mean, like. <laughs> exactly. You're tuned into 90.9 FM KRCL. This is Radioactive. Laura likes to call me the comedy correspondent, but I'm just a big fan of comedy. My name is Eric P. Nelson, and I am here talking with Brooklyn-based comedian Hari Kondabalu, who will be at Wise Guys Comedy Club Tuesday, September 13th, for one show only at 7 p.m. Kind of when, when people go through hard times, they, they look at comedy. They, they look at comedians. But when there's a global collective hard time, do you feel like there's been extra pressure put on comedians um, to kind of make everybody smile regardless of their own what's going on? Is it going out there with people, please help us type of thing? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, because it, there's always that with comedy, right? Like, mm -hmm. you don't know what the individual stories of the people coming in are anyway. You know, at the bare minimum, most likely many of them are tired from a long week. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you go to shows because it's a break from the monotony of your life oftentimes, you know, especially if you're somebody who has a nine-to-five and you have kids and all the rest of it. So people are bringing whatever it is, you know, with them. But, you know, regardless of how I'm feeling, I have to deliver, and that's always been the case. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the job of a professional is, you know, you, you do the show regardless of how you're feeling and you make them, you know, you get them to be with you. And it's a hard thing when you're not up for doing a thing. That's really the difference between like a professional and somebody who just likes the thing. Like, can you turn it on when you don't feel like it? You know, and, and certainly like I've been more and more excited about performing every time now than I have been in, in years, you know, not to say I was, you know, phoning it in for the last decade, but certainly like I, I feel like there's a there's a new level of excitement just to be on there on stage again after so much time off. But like the job is to like to bring it. So, you know, two years, so many of us weren't on stage or we were doing shows on Zoom, which I wouldn't touch because I don't want to be. It feels like the funny guy at the office I never wanted to be. So. It's like, oh, he's the funny guy in the conference call. Like, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Um, and performing outside has never been my favorite, so I, I wasn't down for that. But so there's many of us who were stepping back into the water, and it's, it's exciting. And you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that excitement I was talking about earlier of being in, you know, in spaces with people and seeing a performance, and for the performer to be actually be able to do their job again. I, I think there that kind of overwhelms any pressure we might feel. Yeah. Yeah, it is you you can tell. Yeah. You're excited to be up there. We're excited to be out here and yeah. When something's sense. taken away from you, it it just it becomes more valuable and and that's not just for the person on stage but for audiences like you know people going out to do things, people seeing performers they like who they had no idea when they would see them again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And for me, it's like, you know, I, there's cities I play like every year, and all of a sudden I haven't seen people in those cities in three years, four years, you know, between, you know, live stuff, touring stuff, and then a pandemic. You know, it, it it's nice. People get excited to just have that feeling of like, okay, this is normal. I'm seeing this comic. And, yeah, they're going to talk about stuff that's been happening in their lives and everything in the world over the last two years, but at least it comes with – some sense of perspective and a smile and a laugh and that's you know that, that i think we need that yeah um i going back a little bit i don't think we'd we'd ever talked about um you went to bowden college 
in Maine. Yes. Yeah. I and did. I I lived in Maine for a couple of years, and I can't believe I ever I never brought that up. But how was the Maine comedy scene? Did were you getting up for open mics in, in Maine? And how did that go? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I. I I was a college student, so most of the stand-up I did was on campus, you know, and mm-hmm. I was the only one doing stand-up, so, you know, I, I would go to an open mic, and by my senior year, hundreds of people were showing up just to see me work on my new stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's pretty pretty great. Like, so I had that. In terms of performing outside of college at that time in Maine, like, I, I know I performed at uh, the Portland's Funniest stand-up comedian contest <laughs> at the, uh, I think, now defunct Comedy Connection. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I met Bob Marley, the uh, <laughs> the, the comedian, the legendary main comedian. That and, was going to uh, be my follow-up. If I say Bob Marley, who do you picture? <laughs> oh, oh, my God, of course. I mean, it's, it's, I'm one of the few people that has two images, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the Bob Marley of reggae and, you know, White dude from Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this tour is this tour leading to anything? I I think you just taped taped a, a special. Any? Do we have any idea when that's going to come out? I just uh, recorded a special at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Um, not sure when it's coming out yet. We're still in the editing process, but I'm excited about it. It's like I was saying earlier, a lot of personal material, a lot of stuff about. Having a kid during a global pandemic, I'm excited to share it with the world because I think it's it's me, but it's certainly a, a different side of me. And I'm, you know, as an artist, it's always good to to kind of stretch and um, be able to like be a a fuller version of yourself on stage. And so I'm I'm super excited. I'm hoping it comes out by the end of next year. It might be early next year, but um, you know, whether it's like following me on social media or signing up for my email list on my website. There are ways to find out when it comes out. and I really cannot wait to share it. Like it, I'm proud of it. And uh, we are excited to see it. Uh, we're excited for you to come back to Salt Lake City. Uh, when it comes out, I'll definitely let everybody around here know um, to check it out. Um, thank you. And I think that's it. Um, thank you, Hurricane Balu, for giving me a little bit of time. Hurry will be in town Tuesday, September 13th for one show only, 7 p.m. at Wise Guys Comedy Club. All that information can be found at wiseguyscomedy.com. Thanks again for sitting down with me, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Back to you, Laura. The Safe UT mobile app provides a way to connect with licensed counselors ready to listen to any size crisis or concern. Immediate, confidential, and as easy as reaching for your phone and sending that first text. Safe UT is available in your app store. Get out your calendars. We've got a date you've been waiting for. KRCL's annual record in CD sale will be kicking off Friday, September 9th as part of the KRCL Block Party. It's on 909. Get it? We've been collecting your donated vinyl over the past two years, and we have to say it might be the best we've ever had. So mark your calendars, September 9th, for the KRCL record and CD sale and block party. If you're looking to get rid of your vinyl, we're still taking those tax-deductible donations of your gently used records. Email me, eric, at recordsale at krcl.org for more information. And that's going to be a ton of fun, folks. More details at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones. This is Radioactive and time for punk rock farmer Al Dynstrick 9 on the road. Sarah Patterson, Red Acre Farm, CSA. Sarah, I'm going to ask you what's fresh, but what's planted here? This is fall stuff that you guys just planted recently. Yes, so we have our fall stuff in outside. We have peas coming up. Our second crop of beets, all of our greens, Tokyo Bacana, bok choy, totsoy, manzuna, lettuce mix. Um, we've got more fennel, mustard greens, all the fun stuff coming up right here. And and I know it's been, it was cold. Obviously, you, you guys are at 5,900 feet. And, yeah. and so it's going to frost here in a month or so. In yeah. a maybe a month. Like 
And so you guys Not focus <laughs> on growing all your your sensitive plants like peppers and and tomatoes and stuff and eggplants you plant under hoops yeah so that's how you guys beat the your season your short 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 season that's how we play the game (laughs) and so right now things are just starting to come from the hoops what's fresh so out of the hoops we're getting tons of gorgeous heirloom tomatoes we're just starting to get eggplant and peppers are coming on this week. Of course, the basil's like filling out. We did not have a great cucumber year, but we're still starting to get a few of those. So that's what's coming out of the hoops. That's like our summer crops. And we have had a good tomato year, even though I know a lot of people haven't had the best luck with tomatoes. As far year. as losing plants, you're, yeah. you guys' plants look we healthy. Didn't lose any. That's amazing. That is so cool. So I. I'm hoping that it doesn't come around again next year, and I hope you guys never get it, because it's been kind of a drag and depressing in my garden, and I really hate to say that, but I want the produce so much that I feel really bad when I don't get it. (laughs) And you have to wait another year, (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's like a whole year. It's like a whole year. So this stuff looks beautiful, this stuff that's coming on. You're going to have this stuff fresh in the next month or in the next month. Mm -hmm. It's all ready to start harvesting. The bok choy looks wonderful. The lettuce of the the, um, beets and stuff look wonderful. So what's the secret? I mean, I know you guys make your big compost pile. And the one that I was here in the spring is gone. Did you move it? Yes, we moved it all by hand in wheelbarrows. We screen it, and every time that we plant a new row, we put a nice fresh layer of compost, and then we plant right in that. So you didn't just move it 100 yards that way over to the corner. You used it all already. used it. And what? that was a big, that was a big pile, huh? It was huge. We inoculated <laughs> it and did some holistic biodynamic stuff over yeah. the top of it. So we sprayed, we are a biodynamic farm, so we spray the peps, we inoculate our pile, which I think, I, I think you can taste it and you can see it in the farm. And the farm and the food that comes from here. And the preps, the, the, you said biodynamic preps. There's these little kind of like serums that are... Um, equestered from cow horns and different yeah. things inside. It's like, if you know about homeopathy, it's like homeopathy for the farm, you know? And it's sacred agriculture, so it's looking at it as a whole. It's more than just seeds and plants and dirt. There's so much more life behind it. There's things that we can't even see behind growing and this whole outdoor working with seasons you know, we don't even know what we're working with. And right. that's what it's bringing into account. And um, there was a fun one we did where we stirred up a big vat of serum with yeah. water and some additives, some preps in it. Yeah. And then we each had a little bowl and, and a paintbrush and we went and, and we inoculated the whole farm, you take that part, you take this part, you take it. It was really fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's the, a party when we spray prep. And so that's, this is a cool thing. Biodynamics is, you know, the cutting edge stuff, you know, organic sustainability, regenerative, biodynamic. That's a big word. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, biodynamic is good so stuff. So the, what's in the compost piles, Sarah? So the compost piles, we make, everything comes from the farm. So it's our, we have animals, not because they give us milk or eggs, but because they give us poop. <laughs> it's the stuff that comes out the back end it's that's the gold. gold. <laughs> the, uh, the milk and the eggs are just kind of a bonus. So it's all of our animal manure and then all their bedding. So we feed heavy and so there's a lot of like alfalfa and straw bedding in there and then of course all of the you know silage from the farm so all the dead plants and everything from that and we produce a lot more than you would expect on this little farm we Um, have a big i mean we have big compost piles there's quite a few animals here to name some of the different kinds of animals folks so we have goats cows a pig virginia she's our She's our star. The princess. Um, the princess. We have geese, some ducks, of course, a few chickens. Llamas. Um, one llama, Lucy, and then we have our milk cow. 
Yeah. Lots of chickens. You guys have a Ooh. whole new batch of new chickens that yes. are layers, right? Yep, we have a batch of layers um, that we have. So we don't have any meat animals. They're all milk or egg layers on the farm. So we just did burgers, bikes, and bands, and it was amazing. Where does that meat come from? It's not from far away, is it? No, it is actually from Sunnyside Up Farm. I think Stan's been on he has. the show before. So we work with him. Um, he actually took my little steer from here this year, my... Um, Milk cow had a steer, and he is on his farm Aww. living there. Yeah. He moved. So he moved. <laughs> He's going to be burner. He moved. <laughs> yeah. So that is who we work with to do all of our beef, and that's whose beef we serve for burgers, bikes, and bands, and then everything else comes from pretty much right here. So this is really the most vibrant time on the farm. I know there's been some monsoon seasons that haven't been so great, but it's been raining a good amount here. Yeah, the here. last two weeks we have gotten rain, and August is my favorite month on the farm because it's like the peak of everything. It's when everything's coming on, but it kind of is like past those super crazy hot days. You guys and have so, a tough season because it's short. It's short, but so, we also so get like baking heat. So this is like a heat. big, yeah. I, know, I know that too, of course. Yeah, but this both. is like a big time for the farm. Yeah. Everything is really green and really beautiful. All the, the fall crops and even some of the... Uh, some of the potatoes and things that are still planted out mm -hmm. here from the the first planting of yeah. what people would call a summer garden, like people grow right. their tomatoes and their peppers. Yeah. Very cool, Sarah. And the, the field that we're looking at did have onions. It had onions in it last week or two weeks ago now. So it's only been two weeks, and this it's stuff has like grown this yeah. much. Then we do transplant a lot of stuff, so we get a little jump start. Uh huh. You have some starts. You some starts. Yeah. You have a seed room over there yeah. where, where you have all your seed seedlings. You have your onions drying out in there. You guys have big uh, CSA. People get to come and pick what they want. You don't make the box for them. No, no. We harvest it, but they get to assemble whatever we have. They get to put it in and that think you think that kind of works for everybody right it works for us and it works for shareholders and we all love it so so folks aren't getting something maybe they wouldn't take and then it may, might go to waste or something right. like that they They're, get to decide everything that they take home very cool good and the amount <laughs> wow that's amazing that's great stuff thanks sir we're gonna well, have you on and you coming. you're gonna tell us the story the history of the farm <laughs> the next time okay you're going to come on in September, and we're going to do it. All right, let's do this. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm here with Cimbria, and we're down at the farm, Red Acre Farm, an amazing event we just had, burgers, bands, and bikes. It was a great night. Well, it was great because you were here. Oh. We, yeah, we had House of Cards, and we got Punk Rock Farmer Al playing, and now we're sitting in the office of Red Acre Center. And now we're going to talk about some center stuff that's going on because, I mean, this is kind of a big time of year because the farm has gone down a little bit and things are gearing up as far as legislature things and all kinds of stuff you guys do. But you guys have a membership drive coming. Yeah, we've been quiet since 2019. Like so many other people, we didn't do fundraisers or membership drives and... We're still doing the conference. We still did legislative stuff, but you know, promoting the center was kind of on the back burner and we ramped up our website and we started the guilds again. And as you know, you were at the spring fundraiser and now we've kicked off our membership drive and we're in week one and we're really excited because members make our voice stronger up on the hill, which you guys have us on every week for and we love and appreciate. Join the agricultural revolution. That's Be a member. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> so um, it's coming up. The fundraiser. It's coming up here, right here in the fall. We, we're that that. I'm not saying that for sure, but we're that's the plan. We're. I mean, you know, we've been kind of shy after you do don't do something for a couple of years. You you know you pedal a little and then you think you should put a little more gas when you're going. So our plan is to do something fun, something light. You know, in, in September, it'll be the last week when we close the membership drive in September. 
What about the year on the farm? How's it been? I know there was some stuff with the market in St. George, but you went last weekend and it was really good. Yeah, that you need to have her on the show for sure. I know the agri-hood goes the whole state of Utah, but they had over 4,000 people show up to a market that wasn't going to happen this summer. So, And we had a table there, the center. We signed up some members. People were interested. We saw some people... You know, they talked to us about their herd shares and their microenterprise kitchens, and it was great to, to see what people were doing and to be talking to people again. We haven't tabled in a couple years anywhere, so that was really exciting. Very good stuff, and, and um, great to see that the market is going again yeah. down there in St. George. Yeah, Hill. it was really fun. It was great. People, people hugged me. It was really <laughs> <laughs> And so <clears throat> the conference every year is something that I totally look forward to you asked me to be on the committee and that was cool and um you know you've asked me to present you've asked me to do the seed exchange you've asked me to get bill mcdormand you i really have really really had so much fun being a part of the conference the last few years the way we did it in the you know the pandemic and all that all good stuff and it still went on um gather learn and grow farmers have to grow the food right we do and they're they're you know they're a group that doesn't see people often so the gather part was important even though it was small it, and it was safely done we still pulled it off and uh we did it last year and we we were really happy we started our award you know we had we wanted a theme in 2021 and we wanted to give the award but we put that all uh. on the yeah, all off, as so mm -hmm. many people did. So mm -hmm. this will be our first year with a theme. And so the theme is Rooted in Resilience. And it's beautiful. An artist and farmer by the name of Vernie DeMille did it. Well, they've spoken at the conference. William and Vernie. Yes, yes, yes. 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 They're big, big agri-hood yes. scenesters up in Salt Lake, and then they moved out to Nevada. Yes, yes. Yes. And uh, Bill's great. I mean, do he the he presented at the conference yeah. last year too, and it was great to see those guys. Really cool stuff. Rooted in resilience. Always gather, learn, and grow. Yeah. Always. Yep. Yeah. So what's going to happen at the conference? We're planning it this year a little bit more. Yeah, we get to plan. It's not doesn't happen the <laughs> night before, or two weeks before, and you still pulled it off, and that was an amazing, amazing year. Because just, I mean, people who were there felt like they were there for a reason, you know, and they're for the best reason to grow food and to for share everyone seed and, and, and all that. Know, six feet apart, but we did it. And so this year it'll start on the 12th. And, you know, we changed the format a little because of COVID and we're, we're probably, we're going to stick with some of that. It's still going to be a three day event and we'll do the course we've learned from. The COVID years, we did the seed exchange together, not separate, and we're going to keep that, and we're going to do the dinner that Sean Foster from Sago um, does the first night. I think that's a really cool thing for people on the first night, and then we'll do the keynotes and the workshops, and we'll have the lunch, and then we'll... We're keeping, we're kind of keeping some of what we did, and we'll, of course, we'll have our work, you know, the farm tour and the workshop, pre-conference workshops. I heard Thursday. someone say just the other day that this one is going to go back to big. Well, we... <laughs> I heard you say that. <laughs> well, people, yeah, we limited the number, you know, and now we're just going to let it go, and with this much time, it, it, we feel it. We feel like we'll be back to the, you know, the hundreds. And so we have the space, and, and we'd love to see people come. I think there have been people who were had never been, and then they you know could didn't go for a couple years. So I think people are ready. They're excited. They want to gather. They they feel like they can, and and we're gonna have way more months to you know ramp it up and advertise and get the word out like we are now, January twelfth through the fourteenth, and we'll be putting a thing out on the website. A request if you want to speak and then we'll open registration very you know we'll open it in the fall instead of waiting till the week before uh -huh, of course <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> and so let's go back to legislation stuff because the there's interim now that you can tell us a little bit about but there's also some big things happening 
when the, at, in January there's a and well let's talk let's talk about interim. Tell me a little bit about what's what's been happening. So everybody, the session is forty five days, but when it ends, they take a break in April, and then they they don't vote and they don't pass bills, but they're talking about bills that they think are big or need to be discussed more than in the forty five day window. So we see a lot of things happen. We're we're always in those committee meetings. We're always in the ag committee. We're on the hill. We're talking to people. We're connecting. And then we're, we're up there. They take a break in July, and then they won't meet again in December, of course, and then we're back at it. But it seems like we're quiet, but we're still up there. There's we're still, still doing the voice. You, you have to keep the bug in their ear. Yeah, and you, those bills get written now. Like the bills we're talking about will be being drafted right now. So recently I had, um, we had, Laura and I had, Shane and Christian Fuller on our show from Utah Meat and Milk. Yep. And they um, they were on with the raw cream bill that passed a few years ago. They kind of were the forerunners who brought that one out the, correctly. Correct? Yes, yes. And then um, there's, there's some products that they still, there's some product in between things. There's buttermilk. And, you know, there's, there's, now we they can make butter, correct? Right. But they can't make buttermilk. <laughs> and there's little things that you could Yogurt, make. Kefir. Uh huh. Right? We'll exactly. Just, we'll keep coming back every year. I guess the big question we're posing now is if you are a licensed dairy, if you are licensed, there are legal ways for people who have milk to be able to make all sorts of products. So we're saying, hey, these guys are legal and licensed. Let's open it up to this raw milk pro these raw milk products and just give them a legal path to be able to do everything like the other guys can do the pasteurized milk guys can do i mean would you like some raw ice cream yes with some fresh peaches or strawberries or yeah sure <laughs> yeah. sign me up for that yeah one that's where sure. shane's going with this i think it'll be a way bigger hit than buttermilk but that is a byproduct that they have no use for they mm -hmm. have to feed it to pigs right now Simply remind folks about the conference. Uh, January 12th through the 14th, watch, sign up for our email or watch the website, social media. We're on Instagram. And right now we're focusing on the membership drive and then we'll, put, we'll be putting the conference out there. Great stuff. Thanks I'll, for having us on. You're welcome. Aldine Strict 9 KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer on the road down in Cedar City with Red Acre Farm and Red Acre Center. Check tonight's show notes for links to those organizations and the upcoming 2023 Utah Farm and Food Conference. Already got dates, January 12th through the 14th. I'm Laura Jones. My thanks to Aldine and all of the guests this evening for plugging you into the community and you for listening. Going to go out with the Zizu's Get a Clue, a song you can hear live on 909 Day here at KRCL's Block Party and Record Sale. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. See you at the Farmer's Market.
KRCL, Salt Lake City.